HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. I think I think part of the sourcing process to me is the most exciting because you you know you rent a car and you drive through the south of France and you know you obviously have some appointments set up but you know some of the most exciting things happen when you're just kind of winging it and you meet a farmer at you know a wine fair and he's you know he says well come back to my come back to my estate and you're not quite sure where you're going you follow a guy in a Peugeot you know, up a rambling hill, and all of a sudden you, you come across either a castle or a, like a shack in the woods, and the guy's making wine out of a, the back of his, you know, house, or he could be making wine out of a major estate. You know, looks are deceiving, but you, you want to you want to assume that someone with a very established chateau is making good wine, but nine times out of ten, the guy out of the garage, who's like super passionate, is making these better wines, and they're maybe more, more rustic and less polished so to me like the restaurateur the sommelier this story resonates with them about the small farmer you know the guy who's making wine um on small quantities 80 cases 100 cases those are the things exciting to barterhouse that and hopefully the things exciting to our clients Kathy Arway, and this is Let's Eat In on Heritage Radio Network. Um, well, here we are in Bushwick, and it's pouring rain. We're at Roberta's Pizza, the home of Heritage Radio Network. And uh, thankfully, our guest made it today, despite all the horrible, nasty, nasty fall weather. Um, we've got Kara and Phoebe from Big Girls Small Kitchen. And this is a great blog, and they just recently... Um, Maybe not too recently. Got a book deal. So that's going to be coming out next spring. But I uh, just wanted to introduce you guys. Um, thanks so much for coming. Thanks for having us, Kathy. Um, so you guys have been friends forever, right? Or for, since grade school, right? Since seventh grade when we met in the middle school corridor. And we spent a lot of time baking cookies together and actually baking competing cookies and you, then making our friends taste us to see whose was better. You guys bake cookies in seventh grade? Or back? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I guess I guess that's baking age. <laughs> and we also bake cookies in high school, and we should have been doing a lot naughtier things. <laughs> <laughs> it was very tame. Well, what kind? It depends what kind of cookies. What's yes. In there. <laughs> 
so okay so you had this rivalry with cooking and it continues to this day and minus the rivalry part but yes um we've kind of uh made a habit of entertaining and eating in um post-college and also in college when we were um, at schools in neighboring towns. Um, and then, you know, come November 2008, the day after Thanksgiving, um, we kind of spur the moment started the blog and uh, I guess started to show readers um, kind of a how-to by life example of how to do the home cook thing and entertain your friends in tiny, tiny kitchens um, without spending too much. Right, and we we had realized that we were spending a lot of time cooking. We weren't roommates or anything, but we were also talking about it all the time. So I'd have people coming over, and I'd call Phoebe, be like, "Shoot, you know, I forgot the red wine vinegar. What can I substitute or whatever?" Um, and so we sort of translated some of those conversations to the blog. Well, that's interesting. So even though you're not in the same kitchen, you can still kind of um, share your food in a way. And because uh, I, I know, you know, when you're cooking for one person or maybe just two people, you and your roommate, you're always going to have like something left over, maybe something you're missing, and it's great to just pool sources, but you were able to do that kind of through exactly. conversation <laughs> a little bit. And once we really got into the blog, we had a lot of lunch meetings, and what we served each other was always this funny mix of, you know, the leftovers from our fridge, like, you know, made a little better with cream and pasta or cheese or whatever, so it's always recycling. Absolutely. So you guys joined forces instead of continued to compete. And you started the blog in 2008? Yes, it took us a little while to get rolling. But um, we started in November 2008. And then I'd say by about February, um, we were, you know, posting four or five times a week like we are today and kind of had solidified the different categories that um, would create the foundation of big girls small kitchens so we have cooking for one cooking for others potluck parties and working with what you have which is kind of like the leftover angle and actually those categories have kind of transitioned into um some of our book sections and our you know it's our book is organized by reasons to cook i'd say so in addition to those we have another section on dating and um, that was a really fun one to write. <laughs> yes. Let's talk more about that one. So reason, that's one of the reasons to cook is dating. Because, I, you know, in my experience, I, all the time people would ask me, how do you date if you don't go to restaurants? You know, and well, obviously you can cook. So is that how it works? Is that um, section or? It's kind of, I don't know, a conversation of sorts um, about, you know, what more often than not we've actually found that guys will cook a lot earlier for girls um i don't know it kind of gives them some sort of cred right like first or second date as opposed to i don't think i'd cook for a guy till the fifth sixth seventh date maybe <laughs> you don't want to give it up i like to move slow <laughs> and it's probably because i mean we have this recipe in the book for beer beef stew and um we actually ate it together this weekend and we're uh suggested to us that we should actually call it how to make him say I love you beef stew like people were declaring their love to Phoebe right and left wait so that's the thing that girls should make for guys absolutely the beer beef stew Mm -hmm. okay was it did you say something like the guys should cook for the girls first well we have a recipe well we just sort of found that guys were more likely to want to do that earlier just because I guess if a guy can cook they think it's really impressive and they want to show up Uh, we kind of surveyed our friends asked around and what you know the habits were and also what guys were making for girls which was incredibly entertaining um Hmm. to hear about guys thinking that girls want to eat girl food salads 
fish, etc. And so we kind of set the record straight in the first chapter of the dating section that no, that's actually not necessarily what girls want to eat on a first date. We actually, this is good to know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know if you can agree with that. We kind of said our <laughs> parameters were that it shouldn't be something that's overly smelly. And that it shouldn't have, you know, a ton of herbs or things that could get in our teeth. And then other than that, just want it to be filling and satisfying. Yeah, I would agree with that. If somebody gave me a little salad, I would just be yeah. like, no thanks. Yeah. Then so, you get lettuce in your teeth. and that's So what should a guy make for a girl on a first date? We have this risotto that Phoebe invented um, when a, a guy friend of hers was having a girl over for a date. And he really wanted to impress her but he didn't know what to make and so we sort of ran down the that list you know is it smelly is it easy to make <laughs> you know and I think crucially for the for the cook there's not very much you have to do last minute at the same time there's a little bit you have to do last minute because showing somebody that you can cook is kind mm-hmm. of impressive so if you have something already ready and plated they don't get to see the process um, so with the risotto you have it nearly done and then you know you pour some wine you give it a last few stirs the wine that you've used for the risotto of course exactly (laughs) (laughs) and what kind of risotto was it so it's a shrimp risotto with sweet peas and leeks um and it's also great because there's nothing that you have to you know cut into it's fairly easy to eat um you can inhale a bowl of it fairly quickly or classic Mm -hmm. what about the smelly factor is there shrimp stock involved here no No? just chicken stock and we had sort of a disagreement (laughs) about whether you should leave the tails on the shrimp because they look a little nicer if you do but we were like that's one more thing you know you'd have to touch with your hands and and get shrimp goo on them yeah (laughs) or you can like feed them to one another that depends what kind of date yeah that would be yeah, so different options. Yes, for, different interpretations. <laughs> that's sexy. So what should a girl... Okay, so a girl should make for a guy beer and beef stew. Yes, definitely. That Absolutely. Like a good recipe for this kind of weather. It was delicious this weekend, which was also rather cold. So you're doing a lot of recipe testing then for the for the cookbook? Um, we're kind of through with that. The book's in its final stages. Um, we just saw our first uh, mock-up of the cover, which oh, looks great cool. and was very really exciting. exciting. Um, but no, I mean, the book contains a lot of our favorites, so naturally we're making them again and again. Right? Can well, I the find reason- the stew recipe on your blog somewhere in there? No, but no. I'll send it to you. Oh, okay. We're saving okay. it for the book. Okay, yeah. That and makes I- sense. The reason it was it was made this weekend was because when we made it for a photo shoot for the book this summer, it was one of those really, really hot July days. And I thought that the last thing in the world I wanted to eat was beef stew, but I ate it then and I was still craving it now. So that's why I'm still making it. (laughs) It was Kara's birthday this weekend. So that's why we were making special recipes. That's awesome. So so your book sounds like it's separated into chapters by kind of occasions rather than like well, it's types kind of, of food. Yeah, it's a strange mix between cookbook and food memoir because it definitely has all the elements of a cookbook. It's got beautiful four-color photography, over 100 recipes, but um, we actually added a lot of our personal narrative to it. So even though it's organized practically, every chapter or so has um, you know, a story behind it that we'll tell in you know two pages or less. And then also a lot of tips or tricks that come out throughout the way that we can just kind of highlight in certain sections. Awesome. And then it's like co-written, but something's written, one chunk is written by one or the other. Exactly. Right? Okay. Cool. So do you have lots of dating stories in there? Um, We've yes. got a section. We, ha- we couldn't <laughs> figure out where in the book to put it because 
we we really like it and so we were like well maybe we should put it in the beginning because people will get into the book if we have dating at the beginning but then we sort of wanted to draw out the tension so we have some foreshadowing of the dating that's gonna happen all right I can't wait to dig into that. Nothing too juicy. Well, no, actually, there are a couple of juicy <laughs> chapters that we're a little embarrassed for our mother's story. <laughs> They're filled with euphemisms. Yeah. Did you ever like try to do something way over the top? Maybe like aphrodisiac? No. No. Okay, <laughs> that was just me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell us about that. Oh, there's like this embarrassing, really embarrassing uh, incident that I decided to transcribe in my book about um an aphrodisiac dinner i made for a group of single friends of mine guys and girls and uh yeah it was called singles only supper club and it was top secret stuff (laughs) and uh i put like asparagus and all these other supposed aphrodisiac things in all the meals uh, and all the dishes i didn't Um, know that about asparagus yeah you know i just kind of looked this up and i i've been trying to find out what you know and it's all just kind of like folklore legends like in italy like almonds are thought to be aphrodisiac um you know for whatever reason because in that case amand wait amaretto sounds a little bit like amore right um in other cases they help circulation so you know that's that's a good stimulant um <laughs> yeah yeah you know there's just like other legend like basil for one is like in many different cultures thought to be an aphrodisiac hmm. um there's no yeah there's not like a huge lot of reason to it and as it turned out in our in our experience uh nobody really got lucky after that dinner but maybe they canceled each other out <laughs> too many aphrodisiacs. too many <laughs> that was our that was our fault Anyway, so so did, did you have any huge success stories um, with dating? Any dishes in particular that besides um, the see. beer and When drink? I started dating my boyfriend, we were both sort of mostly vegetarians. Now we're like a little less vegetarian. <laughs> but so, you know, there was this challenge of making kind of an impressive meal that was also based around like lentils because that's he really likes beans. Um, he also really likes sardines, but I decided to nix that. Something about lentils sounds very unsexy right now. Yeah. I don't know why. It's so, just, um, <laughs> isn't it smart food? It's supposed to be good for your brain? Yeah. Something like that, Something but not necessarily for your heart, I totally guess. Totally lame. But, <laughs> you know, I'm, I think what happened was that I made the lentils better than he was able to make the lentils, and he was so sort of impressed that, like, I'd made lentils, I don't know, somehow good, yeah. that it worked. It was a triumph. That's a good, that's a good triumph. That can be like, it's hard to make something like, you know, very plain, like beans, outstanding. Right. So, so it's a good challenge, I think. It's a good skill. Cool. Um, well, let's, let's cut right to your song, if we may, and get back to this. And I'd like to hear Phoebe's side. So we'll be right back. Thank you. 
I'm your host, Kathy Irway. Um, this is Heritage Radio Network. And our guests today are Kara and Phoebe from Big Girls Small Kitchen. I would just like to add also that they're not grossly overweight. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. <laughs> We've been working out a lot recently. No. <laughs> no, when I heard that name, I was like, wait, so they can't move around in their small Manhattan kitchens. <laughs> or I don't know. <laughs> no, it's more like all grown up. Big girls don't cry. Big girls do cook mm-hmm. in small kitchens. Absolutely. Um, sorry, I'm eating pizza right now. Um, so you find it, um, I mean, what do people say to you? Because I, I get this a lot. They're like, oh, you cook? Really? Why? Or something like that. Do you, do you just get a lot of, like, you know, crazed um, reactions when they hear about your passion for food or cooking at home? Well, we get a lot of crazed reactions from 20-somethings like ourselves who are like, oh my god, I need you to help me. I have no, I've like never turned on my oven before. I have no idea mm-hmm. how to use my kitchen. I eat all of my roommates' leftover cooked um, dishes and they yell at me. So, um, And we've tried, we've actually a fun side effect, I guess, of starting the blog has been um, people constantly emailing us um, and texting us for help in the kitchen or, oh, you Oh, so know. you're like a 911 for food. Exactly, nice. yes. And that happened really quickly. It was like we started the blog and then two weeks later it was like, help, I need to make cookies and they spread too much and, you know, all of these sort of 911 questions. Yeah, and I mean, do you find that like 50 to 75% of your peers just don't cook whatsoever? They don't never turn on their stove? I think that the the want is there, but it's kind of hard to commit to cooking as a lifestyle. And we are very much believers in the fact, and I'm sure you are as well, that in order to make it affordable for yourself, you do kind of have to commit to doing it a certain number of times a week, to buying the pantry ingredients. And so that initial investment sure does cost a bit. And I think it is one of the deterrents from getting started. But um, our friends that have really like taken the plunge and made it um, a habit have totally come out on top and are loving it. So they took the plunge because they were inspired or they just kind of, you were, they were encouraged? I think maybe? the inspiration is there a lot. You know, everybody and their brother watches the Food Network all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I think the problem is that the people who are inspired then cook and they go all out. You know, they make this like six course meal and they spend like way too much money and they make a huge mess and they never want to do it again. And so our goal was kind of to take that kernel of inspiration and show them how to make it a sustainable thing to do, something that's fun and that's not such a crazy, crazy effort. Mm -hmm. And kind of our philosophy is all about balance. And so it's about balance. It's not just about the small kitchen element. Small kitchens kind of stand in for balancing other limited resources, be it, you know, time, space, money, or skill. And so, I mean, it's funny when we give our pitch for our site to people, everyone's like, oh yeah, I love, I would love like a cheap, easy recipe. And sure, that's part of it. But really, the how-to by life example part is that we make sometimes some really involved things when, you know, we have a Sunday, a free Sunday and all day to cook. So we'll, you know, bake our bread from scratch instead of 
you know, buying a $5 loaf and that saves money. But I mean, a lot of people don't have time to bake bread every single day. So it's just kind of, you know, that's why our book's organized by occasion. It's about finding your own balance and making cooking a real lifestyle. That's awesome. Yeah, I find a lot of people who say, oh, I do all my cooking on the weekends. And that's also, you know, workable. That's Mm -hmm. doable too, manageable for some people. As long as you don't get bored by Thursday. Yeah, with them. Well, that's when, you know, you go crazy and reinvent leftovers and exactly. stuff. Hopefully. Um, so do you guys have day jobs? Like, do you work around the clock? or No, we got our book deal um, about a year ago, almost today. Yeah, almost exactly. And, Congratulations. Um, thank Happy you. Happy anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we both kind of inched out of our day jobs. I worked in uh, marketing for a beauty company, which mm-hmm. is kind of random. And, and yeah. I worked in book publishing, so. And now you you still do, but in a different way. Exactly, <laughs> completely that is the other great. side. Great, great to hear. So you guys get to write a lot, um, work on the blog, help build it, I guess. And, and we do a lot of catering on the side to pay the bills. We've been really lucky that um, almost our entire book was paid for by catering gigs that we've had throughout the year. Um, and we have a lot of fun. It's kind of a nice way to get to experiment with some of the more extravagant things that we wouldn't necessarily make yeah, for our like friends. Yeah, like cooking for occasions or for <laughs> exactly. others. Exactly. Right, yeah. exactly. And kind of making really classy presentations that we wouldn't do if it, we were just feeding ourselves. And we love finger food. It's kind of our sweet spot. It's like hearty <laughs> finger food. Because um, I mean, and, yeah. You know, we make these wonton bites and that kind of thing. What's a what, what kind of like so deep fried little? Oh no, super easy. You just kind of brush wonton skins with oil and put them in, cut them into four uh, little Triangles? squares, oh. and then put them in a mini muffin tin and bake them for, you know, uh, seven minutes or so until they're brown. Take yep. them out. And okay, then so these... wonton cups. Yeah, yeah right. I've done that. Yay! <laughs> and then what do you put inside it? Um, our new favorite right now is this kind of. Asian-y shrimp salad with cilantro and lime and ginger. That sounds really good. And it's nice because you need so few shrimp to make so many wonton cups because each wonton cup has probably a quarter of a shrimp in it. Um, So it goes really far. That's kind of Mini muffin tins, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I've also done that with like um, making little quiches inside it and baking Mm. it right in there. That's delicious. We're working on a recipe for mini meat pies right now for a sort of British-themed cocktail party. Um, so those are going to use the mini muffin tins, too. Heading into winter recipes now. Exactly. Yes. Absolutely. So do you guys cook for people's birthday parties, what anniversaries, like just anything? And Yeah, so as Kara mentioned, our um, or maybe she didn't, I don't know, our first ever blog post was actually um, about our best friend Jordana's 24th birthday party. Um, a few weeks prior to starting the blog, we had cooked for it just kind of by default. She was like, I want to have a cocktail party. Phoebe and Carrot, you're doing the food. And we were like, okay. <laughs> and that was when we were working around the clock. So, you know, I carted these two big tote bags of like peanut noodles to work that day. It was bizarre, but it worked. <laughs> but now, yes, uh, we do cook for a lot of people's birthdays because. People, unfortunately, know that it's something that we do. Yeah. Um, I mean, fortunately, but um, again, in being the go-to people for everyone's yeah. menus. So it's like word of mouth, and it's a passion. It's a fun definitely. Way to and kind of, I mean, we enjoy catering, but um, we definitely like it more when we know the people somehow via a friend of a friend or are lucky enough to actually yeah. cater a friend's birthday. I mean, right. we really enjoy feeding the people that we love, so... 
That's cool. sort of the whole reason we do what we do. People say, oh, you should start a restaurant. You should do this. You should do that. And in the end, we just kind of like cooking for the people that we like to cook for rather than anybody and everybody. Yeah, totally. Not so, to be selfish. I can't wait to see what, what the recipes are in your book. And it comes out in um, what, when? Exactly? In May 2011. So just in time for graduation season. With which publisher? Um, with Harper Collins at William Morrow. Awesome. Just in time for graduation. So, oh, yeah. yeah. We're Is hoping that, that yeah, parents of college students will get it for you know their 22-year-old kids who are setting up their first apartments and their first kitchens. Awesome. I can't wait, guys. So, um, okay, so tell me each individually, like, what is your favorite meal that you would like to be served? Wait, let me try this two parts. Okay, what's your favorite thing to cook just for yourself? Oh, that's really easy. Grilled cheese sandwich, (laughs) period. (laughs) Yeah, quick, simple, hot. Yeah. All right. And I'm a pasta carbonara kind of gal. Um... I mean, recently, and actually, just the egg and bacon, the egg and the bacon and and cheese, cheese, yeah, and you know, perhaps some something a little healthy like peas or um, I think we we, used dandelion greens Mm. once. Um, Interesting. Yeah, but just as Kara was craving beef stew over the summer, I just like couldn't get you know really hot, delicious, comforting spaghetti out of my mind. I know. I was just thinking about it today. I was just like, uh, yeah, it's so sudden, this transition to fall. But, and um, yeah, soup, stews are all mm-hmm. online. What's another hearty winter recipe that you guys have in store? Well, we just posted about this chicken stew recipe that's actually really good for this time of year because it's hearty to stew but it uses the last of summer's produce so you can still get you know the good tomatoes the basil the fresh peppers at the farmer's market but then instead of making you know like a panzanella or something really summery you're suddenly making fresh tasting stew exactly that sounds great and the cherry tomatoes kind of pop as they cook and create a really really delicious broth it's brilliant oh i gotta check that out that's my latest favorite thing to cook with it's a little tomatoes oh we posted a a lot of cherry tomato recipes. And where do you guys like to get your your food from? Just anywhere? Um, I live right near the Union Square Green Market, so I go there a bunch. And then yeah, four days a week. Yeah, yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I go to the Grand Army Farmers Market, and then I kind of pick and choose the rest. You know, I go to Key Foods for some of the real basics. Um, I go to Whole Foods when I need something fancy. Um, and yeah, sort of see it's what I get. It's a mix. Total mix. Great. What do you guys got coming up on your blog next, do you think? Well, we actually are working on a big redesign right now. So we're kind of still a dinky blogspot blog, but that's going to be, you know, a thing of the past come uh, our two-year anniversary this November. And uh, then one other really exciting thing that we're working on is once that's kind of underway, um, we're going to launch another microsite for college students and so it's going to be completely oh that's nice. um student generated dorm cooking exactly <laughs> microwave <laughs> dining hall dates oh. at the george foreman <laughs> ramen is ramen going to be involved or probably perhaps. in creative ways in creative ways mm-hmm. lots of cocktails probably <laughs> um and then hopefully you know we want to tap into some of the college kids who are involved with like green movements on campus like who do sustainability stuff so all of that Wow, that's going to be a whole other kind of section of the blog. Exactly. 
Oh, cool. I can't wait to see. Our second baby. So big girls. <laughs> but we're handing it to other people. To... Big girls dorm kitchen. <laughs> yeah. We're working on the name. <laughs> and what's, so the name of your cookbook is also going to be called Big Girls Small Kitchen, the guide yes. to some. A uh, hundred recipes from our year of cooking in the real world. Oh, okay. The subtitle. The memoir aspect. Exactly. All right. Okay. So my last question I meant to ask before, but what would be the best thing somebody could make you for a date meal? Mm, Besides shrimp risotto with sweet peas and leeks. Um, I mean, I'm actually more, I fall on like the guy side of things. I love like something really comforting and hearty. I would be happy with the beef stew, but um, maybe even like a big bowl of really delicious chili vegetarian okay. or beef I've either way one. yeah that sounds really neat a <laughs> little bit spicy <laughs> okay just relaxed i don't like things to you know so i'm seeing like there's no like separation between guy food and girl food really or they sh- there sh- maybe shouldn't be so exactly much. something that you can tell requires a little bit of effort i don't, wouldn't want you know his slop that he makes himself every single night mm-hmm. of the week. But um, you wouldn't want him to open cans of chili and serve it to you. Absolutely. Yeah. But I also wouldn't want him to sear tuna and, you know, really act like he's trying too hard. So like minded cooks. Exactly. Cool. Yeah, I think mine would be a roast okay. chicken with potatoes. That just oh, gets me nice every time. Comfort food. Yeah. You guys are making me hungry. I know. Okay. Sorry. All right. Let's 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 get to lunch then. And um, I'm so excited for your book. And congratulations on just doing it and making it sound so, like, organized in a, such a helpful way. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks yeah, a lot. This is, you guys are the perfect guest for Let's Eat In. Um, okay. So, um Check out their book, BigGirlsSmallKitchen.com is the name of the blog. Kara and Phoebe, thanks so much for coming on air. And I'm your host, Kathy Irway. We'll see you next week on Let's Eat In. I'd like to thank Matt and Jack in the control booth and everybody at Heritage. Thanks. I love-